Welcome back to Left, Right, and Bateen. Today I have with me um, Edward Lukowski, who was on my very first episode of the podcast. Thank you for coming back. Um, so short notice. <laughs> uh, hello. It's nice to see you two again. Nice to see you, even though we see each other almost every day. It's cool. um, so we have a f- couple of topics today. Mostly the biggest one we'll be talking about is um, the Supreme Court nomination um, and RBG, who sadly passed away last week. So I want to kick it off with RBG because, you know, she's she was an icon and she was known as the notorious RBG by so many of her followers. So um, what was your reaction to seeing her death and kind of like, what was your opinion on RBG in general? Um, while I had many pol- policy or not policy, but like court related disagreements with her, um, it was it was really sad to see her go. I mean, she was just on the Supreme Court for so long, and it, it was anytime someone passes away, it's really sad, and it was it was really sad, and yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah, no, I think it was just, you know, I kind of grew up knowing that she was always there and we knew we were all like, let's hold on, to, hold off until the, like, you can hold on until the election because obviously now we have a huge issue in, with, or like disagreement among Democrats and Republicans about the Supreme Court nomination, which we'll get to in a second. But just she did so much for women you know she founded the ACLU's women's rights projects argued for jury duty to be compulsory for women she fought for women's equal pay she um, was able to fight for women to get mortgages without um, a male counterpart and own their own credit cards and it was just you know without her I feel like we would be women would just not have the same rights that they do today so for that I am will be and, eternally grateful. And also on the Supreme Court, I think she decided the or she helped decide the Virginia Military Institute case, yes. which allowed women to be accepted into the Virginia Military Institute. Yes, that was also a huge thing, obviously, because Virginia was not allowing women in that. And it should obviously, no matter what your gender is, you should be allowed to be in the military. So if you want to fight for our country, then that's something you get to choose. Um, and I think that it was definitely pretty amazing that she was able to do that. Um, yeah, I just, you know, she's just such an icon. She was the first, obviously she was the first, one of the first Jews. I think she was the first Jew, right? On the Supreme Court. So, you know. Um, I, I believe. Uh, first Jewish woman, maybe. Stephen Brennan. Okay, yeah. So she was the first Jewish woman on the Supreme Court. Um, and Our- that, William Brennan. Yeah, I I believe there were there are a few Jews. I think there are two Jews on the Supreme Court right now. Most of them are Catholic, but um, but yeah, it's not like there was no Jews. She was the only that she was the second woman to be elected to the Supreme Court. Um, which is, I mean, you know, our country has been around for a little while now. I think we were overdue to have some more women on the Supreme Court, which is pretty amazing. And she was just, you know, she was just such an icon for women and women and women's rights. And there was the one controversy, I think that people were upset that she did not choose to step down 
when Obama had the chance to kind of like elect someone to the Supreme Court. So I know people were pretty upset about that, but she was very persistent. She had a few batches of cancer throughout her life, but was able to, you know, pursue and go to court between chemotherapy. Like she was just such, you know, it was just, it was a gloomy day in my household when mom came in and was like, oh my God, RBG died. Like we have a mug. I don't have it with me right now, but our mug has um, her on a unicorn and it says, I believe in RBG. So we were a big RBG household. But yeah, my, my mom has a, has like a mouse pad with RBG's face on it. <laughs> yeah, she's a huge, she's a, you know, huge icon for us and for many people. But obviously, the min almost right after she died, um, Republicans were very excited, I guess, to fill her seat. And that was, you know, probably the most controversial thing that's happening right now is obviously with the Supreme Court. In 2016, um, Obama wanted to nominate someone to the Supreme Court and the Republican majority was very, very against that because they believed that it was our right to be able to have the next voters, the next voters decide kind of who is gonna be in the Supreme Court, the next president decide. So now we see a bunch of these Republican senators that were very for, uh, were very against Obama nominating someone now very for it. So what is your opinion on um, nominating someone to the Supreme Court right now, right before election um, day? Um, I, I think we should fill that seat. But um, I think everyone really changed their views 180 degrees. While the Republicans were against it last time, they're for it this time. The Democrats were for it that last time. They're completely against it this time. So it, it's, not, it's not like it's only the Republicans that are switching their stance. It's the Democrats that are also switching their stance. I think um, it's true. Yeah, I think there are a lot of Democrats also switching their stance on it. I think a lot of that comes from the Democrats just being angry that they weren't able to fill the seat in 2016. And now the Republicans want to fill the seat. And I guess it's obviously there's bias there, but it is. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I kind of thought the day that RBG passed, like, they're going to give some lame excuse like it, it, it applied then and it didn't apply now. But then I, I read Mitch McConnell's explanation for it and I kind of tended to agree with it that last time it was a Republican Senate with a Democratic president and this time it's a Republican Senate with a Republican president. And basically his argument was that the, that the American people in the last election elected the Republican Senate to be a check on the president. And this time... Uh, they elected the Republican Senate and the Republican president so that they could appoint justices to the Supreme Court. That was one of their main campaign. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, platform. I read that and I get that. But there's, I don't necessarily agree that because now there, because there was a Republican Senate then and a Democratic president, and now there's both a Republican and Republican Senate and Republican president that there should be any difference. I think if you think that the new, next voters should decide sort of who should be in the Supreme Court next be, through their presidential, whoever they elect as president, I think that that's something that needs to be across the line no matter who's in the Senate and who's in the House. And I think it's, it's just, I don't necessarily agree that that is something that applies in this sense because I don't, I don't necessarily agree with Mitch McConnell. Um, 
I just feel like that seems like an excuse that he kind of made up. And I know you said it's, it's, it may have swung you, but I know that it just more seems like a lame duck excuse to me for, because he was like, oh no, um, we all said we shouldn't do this last time. So, but that's just my opinion. Um, obviously there were, it's not just Mitch McConnell too. I have a list here of almost every major Republican Senator, um, Chuck Grassley, Lindsey Graham saying, I want you to use my words against me. Um, John Cornyn, Mike Lee, Ted Cruz, um, all of them opposed Obama's pick in 2016. Yeah, but I, I I think we should just stop with all the, yeah, but this and this. I think it's like just all of politics is ridiculous and yeah. we should just say we didn't want Merrick Garland then and we want Amy Coney Barrett now. So let's get Amy Coney Barrett in and not get Merrick Garland in because we had control of the Senate. Yeah, it was just, I don't know. I, I don't, when we go to Amy Coney Barrett, I can say why I don't like Amy Coney Barrett. And I get, you may say, oh, she's a woman. And I get, I'm, I'm glad that Trump chose a woman. I think that's the one thing he did right. However, I don't agree with any of her views. But um, I just think it just connects back to this like extreme hypocrisy we see in America, not just the Republican Party, not just the Democratic Party, but in America as a whole. And it's just a power hungry thing where like, obviously the Republicans wanted to keep power when, and, you know, when they said no to having Obama put someone in the Supreme Court. And obviously they want to keep power now because it's going to become a heavily conservative Supreme Court if Amy Coney Barrett um, becomes a Supreme Court justice. So it just seems like it's a power Honestly, game. I think it's more, it would be more of a 5-4 court considering the way that J- John Roberts has been voting in, previ- in, in the previous year, in the previous couple of years. He's been moving more and more and more to the left every, on every single case as we keep on progressing. I mean, yes, that's true, but we do have already Brett Kavanaugh and I believe, who's the other Supreme Court justice? that um, Neil Gorsuch. Yes, Neil Gorsuch that... Um, Trump put in, so that's three Supreme Court justices that he would have if Amy Coney Barrett becomes a Supreme Court justice, be elected to during his one presidential term. And I get it. That was something that the Republican Party wanted to do. And I guess it's something you can say that they accomplished. I just don't necessarily agree with the sort of like power hungry thing that's going on here where they're like we need to have the supreme court our way and we didn't want it back then and it's just it doesn't really click with yeah yeah and um i i just have to say judges are like one of the two things that republicans have been pushing in the last couple of years it's been like it's been judges and lower taxes that's it that's that's the whole republican party platform and I think they're doing what they set out to do. But, I mean, it's just one of their main things. That's why they're really, really pushing it. Um, when we get to Amy Coney Barrett, now we will talk about her. I just, I think that if she gets elected, uh, obviously, Trump, that is, I think, his official nomination pick. I'm not following it. I think it's official now, right? Um, I, th- I think it's been confor- c- confirmed by a lot of sources. I think it's going to be officially announced within... Uh, two hours, but yeah. she was spotted going to the airport with all her children in very nice clothes and stuff. Oh, yeah. So today. that's okay. It'll so, probably be her. Um, obviously, if she's elected, she'll be one of the youngest people. I think the youngest person to be elected to the Supreme she's Court. She's going to be 48. 48, yes, which is fairly young. Most people in the Supreme Court are older. Um, but 
based on her views, what is your, what are your, what's your opinion of her? Um, I tend to agree with her on a lot of the stuff. I, I like that she's in the mold of Scalia because she clerked for him for a while and mm-hmm. but, uh, I, I agree with her. I think she, she's, she's, she's an originalist and I agree with that. I think we should be interpreting the constitution as it was written, as it was written at the time because we shouldn't be applying what we believe now to what they be- to what they believed then, and I, and the Title IX case that just recently happened, um, I I disagreed with that because of my originalist point of view, um, because we were writing in new protections for people that weren't protected by Title IX. Okay, it's just you. So you believe that we should interpret the Constitution the way that it was written. I mean, we've changed well, a lot as a society. Yeah, and, and we can write amendments that reflect that, but we should be interpreting the amendments at the time that they were written. Because, because most of the people didn't, uh, didn't perceive their amendments being interpreted in a way that we would interpret them now. Well, okay, I'm going to use this as an example only because it's the one that comes to mind. What answer my question? <laughs> what kind of guns did they use in um, 1800s America? Muskets and Muskets. stuff. Muskets. What kind of guns do people use now? Automatic assault um, rifles. Um, autom- I don't think we have many automatic. Semi-automatic, guns in the US. semi-automatic rifles. Semi-automatic. If we, if you want to get into talking about the Second Amendment, we can do that on a different podcast, but. No, I'm just trying to say, I'm not saying, I'm not going to say my views on gun control. I'm just saying that sem- this is, the, the, they had muskets versus semi-automatic guns. And I think that that's just an example of like how the constitution, obviously carrying a gun then was different than carrying a gun now. And I'm not going to elaborate on that. I'm going to say that for this sake, like, don't you think that it's changed a little bit? Um, yes, yes, I do. But that, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying we should have more amendments to change or to add upon those other amendments that were it's written in that time. It's hard to make amendments, though. Cause yes, like, yes, I understand. Or, or laws, let's say. Yeah, and it's just, have to I make feel like amendments. it's a difficult decision. It's a difficult question because there are a lot of people that do interpret the Constitution that way. And obviously, that's the way it was written. And I, it was written down. But it's just, I feel like it's so hard to be like, okay, I don't agree with this. So let's go push a law. Cause that, there's also a big, you know, right now a big idea that that's probably not going to happen. So I think we should be able to interpret the constitution just as it's changed a little bit, but that's obviously what Amy Coney Barrett stands for. But she also obviously um, likes Trump's public charge rule, which makes it harder for immigrants to see green cards if they live on food stamps and public benefits. She um, recently, I think, said that people who are convicted of felonies should be able to carry guns, which was controversial and obviously critical of Roe versus Wade. And I think that's when you Um, talk. Oh, sorry, you go. Okay, so let's talk about Roe versus Wade. Um, I don't I I don't think there are there's more than one vote from uh, Justice Thomas to overturn Roe versus Wade. So you don't think that they will overturn Roe versus Wade? I, I don't think they have the votes to do it. Okay. I mean, that's interesting because I feel like if you talk to a lot of other people, they probably would say that 
they think that they would be able to do it. I don't think Kavanaugh would 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 support overturning it. I don't think Gorsuch or Roberts or or maybe may, may Alito, but that's the only other one I can think of. Because I'm pretty wasn't Kavanaugh very isn't Kavanaugh very anti-abortion? Um, well, I don't think his personal views dictate how he rules on the Constitution. Isn't just, just like with Amy Coney Barrett, I I wouldn't think she would be a vote to overturn it either. Um, it's it's an interesting. Point. I mean, I don't know. In her in her appellate court hearings, she refused to answer the question, saying my personal beliefs don't affect how I rule on what the Constitution is, and she said I won't overturn uh, fifty years of Supreme Court jurisprudence. Which is, you know, it, it, it's just she also said that they, she thinks the Supreme Court is going to hollow it out and then make it so that abortions are legal, but they're harder to obtain. So obviously, uh, and obviously uh, she's not going to let her personal views get in the way, but I think that it does look like when you appoint a bunch of conservative Supreme Court justices who most of them maybe in their personal lives don't respect abortion. It could happen. It's not like, it's not out of the realm of possibilities. Maybe in your opinion and other people's opinion, it probably won't happen, but it definitely looks like to the outside outsider that it is possible. Okay, so I think if they do overturn Roe versus Wade, it's, it's not gonna like end all abortions across the entire country instantly. Um, it wouldn't end them across the entire country at all. I th- I think that blue states would um, obviously yes. Her. I think blue states would um, make abortions even easier to get, maybe even later on, and then red states would make it harder, or, uh, ban it altogether. But I I would think leaving it up to the states would be an even would be a better idea. So, yeah, I mean, obviously red states are the ones that aren't gonna if Roe versus Wade gets overturned, not are going to make abortions even probably harder or impossible. And blue states are going to keep it. That That's just common. We all know that, that the blue states are in, in favor of abortion and the red states are not. But I think it's important that the red states, because people, not everyone in red states are going to believe that abortions are, are bad. Uh, like a lot of people, it's against their religion. Uh, but I just think that it is, you know, a constitutional right because it's our bodies and it's, you know, it's just. It, it's, I don't, I don't think why uh, we can talk about how uh, Roe v. Wade was either decided incorrectly or correctly. I don't think right uh, finding a right to, or finding in the right to privacy, a right to abortion is a good way of deciding Roe. I think there, there could have been better arguments for Roe other than a right to privacy. Oh, uh, what, what are your other um, like alternatives for that? Um, I think maybe uh, your right to life would be a better one, saying that the mother, the mother's life might, all pregnancies result in some sort of risk to the mother, saying that would be better than saying there's a right to privacy in the Fourth Amendment. Yeah, and I think that there's obviously, that's so maybe, so maybe very if technical. There was, <laughs> or if Roe was overturned, they, someone would probably bring another case um, talking about the right to life or something. Yeah, and it's interesting because I, yeah, because a lot of people I don't think really know the specifics. Um, so 
you know, right to privacy, right to life. It's all, it's all different because the Supreme Court, obviously, is something I feel like that is super alienated from the public eye. Like, not because um, it, it, like, it's their fault. I think it's our fault as people that we're like, we look at the, what Congress is doing. We look at what the president is doing. We don't necessarily always look at what the Supreme Court is doing. So... And I think that might even be a good thing for for some sort because the the Supreme Court shouldn't shouldn't be in the public eye really. It should be like deciding over deciding on laws, but it shouldn't be um be, it shouldn't be an activist branch of the government like RBG wanted it. Let's say. Um, I I guess in a way I don't know if I necessarily agree that like I think that in some cases it it can. A little bit be more activist than it is and then in some cases it can't it depends on really what the what's going on like in the supreme court at the time but it's yeah it's definitely it's a weird topic only because um if they overturn roe versus wade it may be for reasons that we don't even like completely think about but i just you know it's just if amy coney barrett is elected to the supreme court i think we're going to be facing a very different America than we have right now. And that could not necessarily mean the greatest things for, you know, um, immigrants or women, or I don't know what her opinion is on LGBTQ. I don't think I found that anywhere. Um, but I think it's just going to be, a lot of people are very afraid right now. <laughs> I mean, but, but she's, she's also talking about not overruling uh, Supreme Court precedents. So I don't think she would be uh, changing much in the way of precedence in the Supreme Court. So you think uh, that she's going to more um, new cases will be not like yeah, overturning? I don't. I don't think she would be changing the results of older cases. Okay. Uh, yeah, maybe she won't. Maybe she will. You know, we don't know. Um, the fact of the matter is, I just it's just you know it's scary <laughs> to think that people with certain views that some of us don't agree with um, could be the majority in the Supreme Court, which is a big part of our government. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's just uh, a lot of crazy things going on with, like, obviously everyone wanting a Supreme Court and justice and some people not, and then people yeah. liking Amy Coney Barrett and not. It's just it's a mess right now. And um, I, I, I'd also like to talk a little bit about like packing the Supreme Court, maybe because that's been floated by a lot of Democrats. If we, if Republicans appoint Amy Coney Barrett, like packing in what way? I'm sorry, I don't know. Um, like, like adding more justices into the Supreme Court. Oh, okay, more. Okay, okay, sure. Um, the last time someone tried to do that was FDR, and it it really backfired on him. I mean, no one supported it, and he had to stop the he had to stop the initiative. Um, but now I think times have changed, and people will support it. So I I would propose a constitutional amendment saying that there should be nine justices on the Supreme Court, and because it it's been nine justices since 1860, and it hasn't changed the number. While Congress does have the ability to change the number of justices, I think we should take that power away and just say it's nine justices, and we should keep it that way. I wonder what because I've never heard this argument. I've that 
So like I said, I don't talk to much people about the Supreme Court, but I wonder what people think that the benefit is of adding more Supreme Court justices are. Well, I mean, if, if uh, Democrats would add the justices, they would do it under a Democratic controlled uh, Senate um, with a Democratic president. So they'd appoint, let's say four justices to the Supreme Court that would all be liberal. Okay, yeah, so uh, it's it's just once again, I think, people trying to obviously have the power of the Supreme Court. Um, I, I just want to talk about um, what the confirmation process of Amy Coney Barrett might be like for a little bit, because I've seen, I've seen some of the footage of Dianne Feinstein uh, questioning uh, Amy Coney Barrett for the appellate court. Yeah. Um, yeah. And some of it was just kind of ridiculous. They were attacking her for being a Catholic, even though in the Constitution it says no religious test shall ever be required as a qualification to any office to public trust under the United States. Um, so I think that if the if the Democrats attack her like they did before for being a Catholic, it would ju- it would just be very I don't know how to say it rude. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly that they were attacking her just for being Catholic. I think it was, because um, I obviously saw this, that they, something about, she's saying the dogma is very strong within yeah. you. Um, but I, I think a lot of it was just because she's Catholic, people were afraid of kind of sep- um, separation of church and state a little bit. I don't think people just, I, I don't know, it's not really a good political strategy to attack other lawyers or politicians because of their religion. I don't think that's ever worked and it never, it it just doesn't seem like something that the Democrats would do. I think it was more of just, she's very Catholic and people are afraid that that could leak a little bit into her decisions. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of what I think about that. I'm not sure if it's necessarily them being like, oh, she's Catholic, that's bad. <laughs> um, but as far as like the her appointing process, I think obviously there's going to be a lot of backlash and uh, it is a Republican held Senate. So it is most likely going to go through. I mean, if if they didn't have the votes, they wouldn't be pushing it. They exactly. Have the they have the votes. And, and I mean, uh, yeah. like the senator from Alaska, I don't know if it's Lisa Murkowski or uh, the other one, whichever one it is. Uh, the the two like really squishy Republicans. Um, I think I think that uh, Sarah Palin said something about primarying her if she doesn't if she doesn't vote for the nominee or something like that. Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, it's just obviously there's it's a yeah it's obviously going to happen if it goes through, and I think that's going to cause a lot of controversy. And I wonder what do you think it'll how do you think it'll um, affect the election? Um, I think, I think, like I said, it's, it's, it's going to help Trump. Last time, uh, the 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 Supreme Court uh, thing helped Trump a lot. I think this time it's going to do the same, and it's going to take away a talking point from the Democrats saying, "Oh, we we if you elect us, we can appoint the liberal justice to the Supreme Court." It's going to take that away from them. Yeah, and I think I think it's going to help Trump, but. Uh, I wonder if it would also. Kind of, I don't think it's. Very, I don't think anything at this point might help him enough to make him win. But I, I'd love to be wrong about that. Um, 
I think, in a way, I mean, it could help him, obviously, because that was something he stood for, um, was appointing court um, justices to the court. But I wonder if it would also be detrimental because there are so many people that are so angry by this. So I'm wondering if it'll cause like a more of like a liberal or not liberal, but democratic um, surge for something to people to be angry about. I, I don't think. Democrats are really big voters on the Supreme Court. They have just so many other issues they campaign on that I, I think it's going to drive out more Republicans to vote than, than Democrats because there's also uh, Stephen uh, Breyer's seat. He's, he's, eight, he's 82. He's not a youngling himself. So that might, and Clarence Thomas as well. So those, those two seats might come up in the next presidential term. Yeah, but it's also like I feel like if since Trump has already appointed three, and I guess these I know these people are older, but can Trump still kind of make the argument that he's going to appoint more to the more to the court? Like he's already appointed three, or let's say he already appointed three, and these people may be old, but who knows if they'll their seats will be vacant during the next four years? Like, so does Trump kind of lose um, something that he like? gained um, from the last election um i think i think it gives him while maybe it might lose him a little bit i think he gains a lot in saying we've appointed this many justices look at how much more we can do next next term around we can appoint maybe 300 more uh federal uh federal judges and uh, maybe two more supreme court justices for all we know yeah yeah uh definitely it's it's a touchy subject. Um, I think, yeah, I'm not really sure because you can't really tell yet. Like, obviously, from the Republican side, people will be happy about this. And from the Democratic side, people won't. So I, it's, it's definitely interesting to see, like, oh, how it's going to play out. Obviously, when it happens, it'll, we'll see more, I think. Um, our last topic uh, is the presidential and vice presidential debates, which are coming up. Um, so how do you think these are going to play out? How do you, what do you think, is it going to have like a big impact on the election? Do um, they usually, in your opinion? I, I'm not really sure about this. Um, I, I have like a couple things written down about it, but I, I really don't know how it's going to help or how, how it's going to hurt or help the election. I don't think many people really care about the debates, but I could be wrong. This could be a different, this could be a whole different, uh, basket this election compared to other elections. I don't think it really changed the results of the 2016 election, but I think maybe this one, once the American people get to see the two candidates together on the same stage and how, how each of them talk to each other, maybe, maybe that would change public opinion about uh, Joe Biden or Donald Trump. But I, I do have some predictions about uh, the, the presidential and vice presidential debate. I think that Donald Trump has to mention Hunter Biden. I think it's going to be his first line of attack. And we've seen that Joe Biden, um, once once he starts getting questions he doesn't like, he, he starts saying like, come on, man. And he starts falling apart, basically. And I, I think that would be a very good line of attack to present at the very beginning of the debate. Um, Hunter Biden. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I just looked up, I was like, I don't know um, what Hunter Biden did. I only know of his other son. Um, so this, this actually says the truth about Hunter Biden and why Republicans are so disappointed. 
I don't know if attacking his family life and what's going on with his family is necessarily a good Well, I mean, it, it wouldn't be attacking his family. It would be saying that uh, Joe Biden has helped, has enriched his family from being a politician, like Hunter Biden taking $3.5 million from the mayor of Moscow and being appointed to the board of directors of a company, and Joe Biden's brother being appointed to a board of directors of a medical company he had no experience with. But what about Donald Trump's children and being elected to be officials and being in his, it's just, I feel like it's the same thing. Yeah, and, and <laughs> we can obviously talk about that. But I, I do think like maybe people like Jared Kushner, who's his son-in-law, have done a lot of good for the world. Like in the Middle East, let's say, with all of his peace deals, like how he was, he was criticized and said, how is this kid going to make peace in the Middle East? And then he goes ahead and basically makes peace in the Middle East. Did and, he really make peace in the Middle East? Um, well, I don't think, I don't think it's really peace, but I, I think a lot more countries accepting Israel is a really good thing, like Bahrain and uh, yeah. we... I don't know if Jared Kushner has done, as in my opinion, as amazing things as you think he did, but I think that, I mean, Donald Trump Jr., it's not, it's not like, I just feel like if, Trump's first thing, point of attack, if in your opinion, is going to be attacking um, Biden's family and him having his family in politics, then I think it's just as easy for Biden to turn it around and say, you've done the same thing. Yeah, I'm and, not sure and, if it'll necessarily... And I agree with that, but... Uh, I question Joe Biden's uh, mental faculties to be able to I question that Donald question. Trump's mental faculties. Okay. <laughs> Just saying. Okay. And we can, we can obviously talk about who has what medical issues and so on, but I, I think we can move to the vice presidential debates. I have a lot more written about that. Okay, tell me about what you think about the vice presidential debates. Um, well, I think uh, Mike Pence is going to mention Kamala's inexperience being in the Senate for only four years before um, being, being um, appointed as the vice presidential candidate for the Democratic Party. And I think he's going to talk about Willie Brown and how Kamala Harris got to prominence in the state of California. Um, and I think he's going to talk about how Kamala Harris called Joe Biden a racist in one of the debates. And now she's running and getting running with him and totally for him. I don't remember that. Um, um, about the busing issue, she said, oh. we worked with segregationist senators to oppose busing for people like me. I wouldn't even be on this debate stage if, it, if you got your way. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I ha the vice presidential debate is definitely something I'm going to watch this year and something I don't usually watch. So, um, and also because Kamala Harris, um, we can all, we, we can, or most of Americans agree would, would be doing a lot more during a Joe Biden presidency than most vice presidents would be doing. I mean, she's made a couple uh, gaffes, you could even call them Freudian slip moments, where she says the, the Harris administration together with Joe Biden and stuff like that. So um, I... Well, I can disagree there, but uh, I, I don't know. I haven't really thought about the technicalities of like who's going to say what. Um, all I know is... I think it'll definitely be something to remember. Um, I wonder really like, cause Kamala Harris is a very fiery spirit and I think that she is strong when she's talking to people and I wonder how she's, I think that 
in my predictions, I think that she'll probably do well up against um, Mike Pence. I think that they'll probably, it'll probably be a watchable debate and it'll probably be, I'm hoping she will say some pretty um, things, some pretty good things about, you know, um, her campaign and everything and hopefully, you know, I, um, tr start to make people like her more, I guess, because I know that people, she's not everyone's favorite. She's yeah, a little bit touchy, a little bit unsure about her health care, her free health care and affordable health care. She's, she's um, a little ideas. unsure about a lot of her positions. I mean, she, a, a, a couple of years ago, she, she was talking about how people, uh, uh, from the age of 18 to 24 are really dumb and stupid. And then she goes ahead and she says, well, maybe we should lower the voting age to 60. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, she's, she's got that history. I'm not going to deny that. She sometimes walks back on what she says. But I'm hoping that now that she's the vice presidential nominee, that she's more going to solidify her views in the debate and show people that she's actually a lot better than... Uh, people think she is, and I'm hoping, you know, Joe Biden, when we're talking about Joe Biden and Donald Trump kind of against each other there, I think it could be very interesting, because they both have a lot to I say. Think Obviously, I like think... Chewbacca I think, versus the Swedish chef. That's what I think it's going to be like. Chewbacca versus the Swedish chef? Yeah. And the Swedish chef being Joe Biden? I don't know. You don't it know? Works, okay. <laughs> uh... I wonder, because I, I think probably one of the biggest things he'll probably bring up is coronavirus. Um, um, yeah, and, that, and that's a really big issue in the it's campaign. It's a big issue, because obviously it just came out that Trump had known about the dangers of coronavirus before, while he was saying at the same time that it was nothing to worry about and it was just the flu. So I'm, I'm assuming but, that's going to be a big talking point for Joe Biden and I'm hoping- Well, if Bob Woodward, I have a question, if Bob Woodward had that information for months, why wouldn't he go to the press and say, oh, Donald Trump knows it's a deadly virus and we should all be concerned? Because at the time, the press and all the Democrats and everyone was downplaying the virus. Everyone was down. Trump. Yes, everyone was downplaying the virus. Everyone. I know that was because we didn't know much about it. And obviously it's I don't know what was going on. With Bob, Bob, I can't say that word. Bob Woodward there, um, because that's obviously whatever was going on with him. I, I don't know why he chose to release it when he did. I think it's because it's getting closer to the election. And maybe that was something he wanted to get out at this time. But it. It also could have been a confidentiality issue with his book or whatever. I think he was writing a book. So I don't know exactly, but all I know is that it was extremely disheartening to hear that. And I think that it, that will be probably a good point for Joe Biden to bring up because, I mean, there's a difference when the Democrats are downplaying the, the, the virus just with everyone else. And then there's the president downplaying the virus. And I think that that's a big difference only because no one's going to listen to some Democratic senator. You're going to listen to the president of the United States. No one's going to listen to a random Republican senator. You're going to listen to the president of the United States. So it was just it was not great. To yeah, I, I can agree that's, that some things were mishandled. Actually, a lot of things were mishandled, but that's because we don't know how to respond to such a virus. We don't, but we can start by saying it's not, it's a little bit worse than we thought it was and we should wear masks and we you know we could well, there's a starting point there i think that we missed um but yeah it's this just goes into like my disagreements with trump 
but I would hope that, like I said, that Kamala Harris will do well against Mike Pence. I'm, you know, not the biggest Mike Pence fan either, but Joe Biden, if we want to talk about like their mental, I, I've watched Joe Biden speak. I, I get you can find instances where maybe he was not as articulate as he thought he was being. But I can also say that in the majority of the time, he's pretty articulate. And I've watched him, you know, just be, even though he may be controversial to some, totally fine mentally. So I don't know. That's just my opinion there. So I think that when people say the only thing they have against Joe Biden, or their main thing they have against Joe Biden is that he is mentally incapable. I don't think that's necessarily the argument we should go with. I don't know. I think we just have too many doddering old men in politics. I think that Donald Trump is one of those doddering old men. So <laughs> if we're going to say that we have too many doddering old men in politics, I completely agree. And, and that's why that, that's why I compared what their debate's going to be like to Chewbacca versus the Swedish chef. Yeah, I know. Um, it's just... I, and I, I find it like I, I find it like political malpractice that Donald Trump isn't really preparing for the debate. Oh, God. Uh, well, that does sound like something he would do. Probably thinks he has it in the bag already. But I, it's weird because I, obviously there are not a lot of young people in politics. But then again, if you said, look at all the young presidential nominees we had in the beginning before they all dropped out. Like, it's not that. It's just that we, like, can't have any young people. It's that people don't want any young people, which is an interesting uh, thing to think about. And, yeah, that's true. And it's it's kind of funny how the, the two major parties nominated old guys. Yeah, to, I know. But if you're going to nominate a young person, then you're... Especially the Democratic Party. Uh, I, I never thought it was going to be Joe Biden. Well, Bernie Sanders is just as old, so that was the other option. Um, it's weird because you mentioned earlier that you're like, uh, the, no, and I'm not saying this is your opinion, that you think that they're going to bring up the fact that Kamala Harris is um, inexperienced because she's not been in you know, um, Congress as long. But it's also in, weird to think about, like, that's the probably the art not weird but it's probably something to think about that that's the argument people are making against having young people in office is they're not experienced enough so i wonder yeah if it's going to be like a big thing for the republican party being like oh kamala harris is an experience because she's younger where i'm more experienced because i'm older but then we're saying at the same time oh we should have younger people in politics it's a it's it's a weird thing to look at I guess. And and yeah, and I I agree with that, but the Republican Party does have a lot of young people running for Congress and Senate this this cycle around like uh, Madison Katha, I think and Kim Klasick in Baltimore. Mm. Yeah, and maybe we're making a change for making younger people in office because, you know, I mean it also depends on your views. You can have like Amy Coney Barrett is young, but she has conservative views that might be held by people that are older. So it, you could have a young person and they can still have views that are a little bit outdated. It's just, that's just how it is. People have their own views. Everyone has different types of views. So yeah, a candy cane. <laughs> what? I'm sorry, I just heard my dad say, sorry, I broke your candy cane. Um, 
yeah, it's definitely interesting because the presidential debates, I, I, going back to like, will it affect anything? I don't, I don't know because I don't think they've really ever affected something unless you're talking about like Kennedy and, um, and Nixon, like the, one of our first televised debates, I think that probably had a lot because it was the first, but now that we've had, we have debates every four years and we, they're, you know, I feel like they're made out to be a lot more than they'll probably have on the, because just because they say something or they're reiterating something that they've been saying their entire campaign in front of the other candidate doesn't mean someone's going to be like, oh, I should vote for them. They probably, I think everyone's kind of set in stone by now of who they want to vote for. I can agree with that, but there are, there are, a lot of stuff is baked into the cake, but there are still a couple of things that might not be. Yeah, and I Uh, can agree with that. and, And it might be just enough to turn the election somehow but there could also be a lot of people that just don't tell pollsters the truth about uh, about wh- who they're going to vote for and that just be my just and that might just be my consolation of looking at the polls and making myself feel better about them but we we saw the same thing happen in 2016 about yeah. the polls not being accurate yeah people you know people aren't going to we're Americans. We like to, we don't like to tell people our personal beliefs. So it's definitely interesting to think that there could be people out there lying to um, people taking polls. And then we could, we might be seeing a um, Biden right now in the lead, but we could be seeing Trump in the lead when the election rolls around. But, you know, I'm the opposite. I'm consoling myself in the fact that the (laughs) polls are higher for Biden uh, because I want Trump out of office so bad. Um, I want to be able to vote for AOC when I can vote, please, <laughs> or Kamala Harris for president. Um, I think that's probably where we'll, we'll end it. Um, thank you so much for being here. I have an announcement for my people who listen to the podcast. Anyone? We are now on Spotify, Apple Music, Audible, and everything else that I was on before. So you can listen to it pretty much everywhere, which is pretty amazing. Um, I'm sorry for the two-week break. Uh, I will be back next week. I might start doing every other week. But thank you so much, Edward Lukowski, for coming on and talking about the Supreme Court and the debates with me. It was a pretty good conversation. So, yeah. And thank you for having me. Of course.